This is LifeLinks with a DL link. Welcome to it. Good afternoon to you. Five minutes past 12 o'clock. This is the DL Link Show. This is where we connect you through insights, information and illumination on 101.9 High FM. Nikki Seberini here for the next hour um, and always on the DL Link Show representing the DL Link and the wonderful work that they do in our community. Since 2010, now looking after well over 700 families in our community and just creating a, a wonderful space. Space for cancer patients and their families and just support and um, healing and and allowing um, you know that 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 time to to just move forward and go along their journey as peacefully and positively as possible Wow, we have really, really got an interesting show lined up for you. And I just want to take time out to say thank you to my producer, Lee Wolf, because I've been working with Lee for many, many years, and she works hard at making sure that week in and week out we have shows that are illuminating and that are informative and that you learn from. Um, and, you know, every week she, she produces the goods. Today's show is very, very interesting. You know, we, we spend a lot of time talking about the physical body. We're talking about cancer. We're talking about treatments. We have warriors who come onto the show and share their story, their journey with us. And uh, we d- definitely mention the mind and how the mind works. Today, we're going to be going within. We're going to be looking more at the mind, at consciousness. And then we're going to be taking it a little bit further and we're going to be discussing Intimacy. I mean, what happens when you have been diagnosed with cancer? What happens to intimacy within a relationship? And what about your your own relationship with your own body? Is there rejection? Are you loving your body? How does that play out in your relationships? We're going to be discussing all of these issues. So I really do hope that you are going to stay tuned. And as always, I encourage you to call in, to SMS us. We love to hear from you. Our guests love to hear from you. The number in the studio is 0101403020. That is 0101403020. Or you can SMS us on 34519. That is 34519. I'd like to introduce our guest this morning. Um, and she is, um, well, she knows everything about Jung and um, I know very little, so I always love that because that means there's a learning. So I'd like to introduce Anya van Kralichen. I hope I pronounced it correctly. I'm not sure if I did, Anya. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I wish I, I thought you were going. Oh, so you're not even going to correct me. No. Whatever I did was okay. That's fine. I love that. That's peace. Yeah, thank you. There is peace. <laughs> thank you. Zen. There, there is Zen. Thank you so much for joining okay. us. Pleasure. So Jung and Freud. Freud Jung. Jung Freud. They were friends. Yes. They did love one another. Well, they were very fond of one another yes. at one stage. Mm. And then there was a splitting. Yes. And it all was with the conscious and the sexuality and mm, the whatnot. Mm, yeah. And you know what? It's very complicated. It Can is. you simplify? Tell us about Jung. Well, yes. Uh, so Jung and Freud, they were very close. They had a good, very good relationship and they really inspired each other. And at some point, I think that Freud really wanted Jung to take over psychoanalysis for him. So there was a lot of expectation as well 
mm-hmm. but Jung had his own ideas. Right. And he developed his own system, and it didn't quite fit in with Freud's. So that was the the cause of the breakup. And, of mm. course, it was not a friendly breakup either. But it was quite um, acrimonious. So, but um, Which is quite odd. Sorry to mm. interrupt you. When you're talking about two people who are talking about the mind mm. and ego and the conscious and the unconscious, that they would allow thoughts about the other or a story or a disapproval about the other to come between this friendship. I do find that interesting. You know what? We're all human beings at the end of the day, and we all suffer from a severe case of projection. <laughs> and yeah, uh, I don't know. I think one has to work on oneself really, really hard if you're going to be going out there and telling people about mind it's ego, you yeah, know what I'm saying? Absolutely. Like you've got to clean your own house big time. Sorry, I just thought I'd be controversial. Yeah. No, 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 absolutely. <laughs> and I think, no, you're right. But ultimately, when you believe in your own system, you know, you have to defend it. <laughs> so okay. they both were defending, defending their, 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 system. their system. I hear that. Okay. So the, pity it had to be a fallout. I'm just saying. I'm a, a peacemaker. Yeah. I'm a lover, not a fighter. You're a lover, not a fighter. <laughs> anyway, yeah. So they they did they did uh, they had a big fallout, and Jung went on to develop his own system. Yeah. Um, it's too complicated to go um, into it on on air, mm-hmm. but um, basically. I'd like to just talk a bit about the Jung, if, if yes, you know, I assume that's why I'm here. The, absolutely. <laughs> so let us let us take a break and then let's talk about it. Okay. We'll be right back. Yes. This is Life Links with a DL link. Thank you for staying with us. The DL Link Show, we are going within. We're looking at Jung, Jungian ways. I've got a lovely quote here. Until you make the unconscious conscious, it will direct your life and you will call it fate. These are the words of Jung. Tell us a little bit more. Okay, well, I'd like to just um, sort of introduce Jungian psychology as a system for transformation, personal okay. transformation. Perfect. But before I can go there, I need to give you the paradigm from which I come from. Mm-hmm. So I'd like to share something with Please, you. Please, that would be great. Um, I was watching a TED Talk the other day uh, by a French philosopher named Jan Dalaglio. Mm-hmm. And he made some very interesting points about Western civilization. And I thought that I'll bring that in here because I think it explains very much where we are as a society at the moment as a whole and what the Jungian system can offer to remedy that situation. So Jan makes makes this – well, he's a philosopher. So he makes the statement. He says that what is love? Mm -hmm. Love is the desire to be desired. If I say to you, I love radio, I love um, wine, I love um, chicken, you know, uh, and I love my partner. What's the difference between me loving wine, for example, and loving my partner? The difference is that I want my partner to love me back. Mm -hmm. And unless my partner sees some value in me, um, it is very difficult for me to feel accepted and loved and supported in a relationship. And what the philosopher was saying is that what's happened uh, since the 13th century, since Renaissance and the Industrial Revolution, is that we have essentially come to a crisis, an identity crisis in Western civilization. Right. So in the old days, people used to be in a society where there was structure, there was a sort of a hierarchical setup. So... Uh, 
as long as you understood where you fit into that structure, you were loved, you were valued. So father was the head of the household, the eldest brother listened to the father, youngest brother listened to the eldest brother. Everybody had their part mm-hmm. to play, everybody followed the rules, everybody was loved and accepted. But modern civilization, we find ourselves in a unique situation. All of a sudden we have freedom, we have independence, and we have the ability to value and devalue the other. So, and, of course, we, we are at the same time also valued and devalued by the other. Mm-hmm. So we find ourselves in this very anxious state of being in a situation we have to uh, increase our value constantly to be loved by the other. Now, Jan has a very nice way of describing this. He's, he calls it the um, seduction value. What mm-hmm. is your seduction value? In your relationships, not only your intimate relationships, but also your relationships with your friends, with your peers, with the people that you surround yourself with, with your, your working environment, etc. And that's a big question. If you really, really thought about it, what is your seduction value? What is the value that you bring into a relationship to make the other love you? And then it goes further. What is... Is that value that you bring into your relationships with other people, does it equate to you loving yourself? And I think this whole movement um, has, has sort of produced a hysteric need of accumulating um, value. So we find ourselves in a situation, I mean, if you just look at Facebook, where everybody has to be living a perfect life. You have to live a perfect life. You Mm. have to be happy. Mm. You have to be successful. Mm. You've got to be in a good relationship with a committed partner. This is what everybody tries to portray. And I went to a talk last week and the it was a young woman. She was in her late 20s, and she, she was talking about how she went through a severe depression when her hus- husband started a new business, and she found herself very much alone and um, unsupported, and she didn't want to tell anybody. She didn't want to tell her friends. She didn't want to tell her family because she wanted them to believe that everything was perfect. That everything was perfect. And this need for perfection is driving our society. If you look at our schooling systems, children are forced into situations where they are normal. If you have a very creative child that doesn't fit into that system, generally speaking, the parents will medicate that child. I know a lot of people whose 10 and 12-year-old children are on antidepressants, which is shocking. And that's not even looking at the pressure we put on ourselves as adults to fit in. And it doesn't really matter what sort of subculture you in in society, there's always that pressure to fit in, to have the perfect life. And modern therapy doesn't focus on person-centered development. It mm-hmm. focuses on cognitive and behavioral uh, therapy, which means we're trying to make you functional and productive. And once you're functional and productive, the next step is to become an achiever. So you go into coaching where you are coached to become more, to become better, to become more successful, uh, to get on top of yourself. Mm. Now, Mm. that is the main difference between Jungian psychology from a transformational perspective and normal transformation products that you get out out there. Jung's system is designed to make you whole, not perfect. Mm. And essentially the difference between being whole and being perfect is that if you are whole, you accept the whole of yourself, warts and all. 
shadow and everything. Mm. And that movement towards the self, towards being whole, is called individuation. And that is what the Jungian system takes you on. It takes you on so, a journey towards individuation. So you don't have to seek. You don't seek. You, you uncover. You uncover. And, and you don't have to make someone love you. You don't have to make someone love you. And the thing is, I Because that's not possible. It's not possible. Is it? And I don't know why we think it is. It, it, yeah. It's, there's a lot of, lot of suffering when we think we have to make people love us in a certain way. or And know? a lot of pressure to oh, provide pressure, right. that which you think the other wants. Mm. So, Manipulation, mm, there, right. Yeah, all of that, all right? of that oh. stuff. And I think that the Jung really offers a solution to this, this problem. Because wow. inherently what Jung does, it teaches you how to love yourself. If you can find the inherent value within yourself, then you don't need to make the other love you. Once you love yourself, and I think you love them. Because once you love yourself, that's what you see, isn't yes, it? it? Of course. And then you love them. Yes. And then I think it sounds that simple, but I think it is. It, it does sound simple, but I think we can also look at it from this perspective. Your, your relationship with yourself is reflected in the way you are experiencing your world. Mm-hmm. So if you feel lost in your life, it's because you've lost yourself. Mm. If you feel l- alone, it's because you don't know yourself. And the moment you rectify those issues, um, then your reality shifts. All of a sudden, you are surrounded by people who you can connect with because you can connect with yourself. It really starts at the core. It starts at, with the relationship with yourself. With the self, going within. So, so, Anya, for people who are listening right now, you talk about individuation, learning to love the self. We're going to take a quick break. But afterwards, let's just dummy it down. Let's, I mean, are there things that you can do when you wake up in the morning, you know, when you face challenges, when you've been given a terrible diagnosis, when whatever it is, how do you not go out and want to change what's out? How do you go within and find the love and acceptance from within. A quick break. We're going to be back. This is Lifelinks with a DL link. I have Anya van Kralingen um, in the studio. Is that better? (laughs) Director of the Center of Applied Jungian Studies. How interesting. You know, I love this. Looking at the mind, looking at the different studies. And here Jung is saying, love thyself. Like find a way of loving yourself, the individuation and everything then happens from there, the way you see and experience the world. So just before the break, I said to you, so how people who are listening right now, how do they get involved? What is there a first step? Do they, are there practical things they can do? Look, I, obviously I'm coming from it from a Jungian perspective. So yes, of course, there's lots of things that you can do and there's lots of systems that can teach you to love yourself. Any person-centered therapy can help you do that. Existential analysis, gestalt, person-centered th- uh, therapies. I'm really looking at it from a Jungian perspective. And uh, what I would say to people is that If you find yourself in a situation where you're waking up and you feel disconnected from yourself, if you feel lost, eventually that dissatisfaction, that unhappiness will seep into the body. Um, From a Jungian perspective, uh, the shadow is contained by the body often. What is the shadow? The shadow is... And it's a big question. It's a big question. But the shadow really is everything that which you do not want to look at. Not only about yourself, 
but about life. Mm-hmm. So what we do, because we want to live these perfect lives, we just suppress and repress that which we do not like. And all of that repression and suppression goes somewhere. You can't get rid of it. It goes somewhere. And it takes an enormous amount of energy to suppress things about yourself and about your life that you don't like. Mm-hmm. An enormous amount of energy mm-hmm. goes there. Mm-hmm. And that is often what happens when people get into States of depression It's because they're repressing something That they don't like They don't want to face it and they repress it So that causes a lot of tension A lot of anxiety And it has an effect on the physical body So uh, That's my advice If you find yourself in a situation Where you are feeling absolutely exhausted Where you are not happy You are feeling disconnected from yourself find, Find help Go somewhere and find some help and look at what it is that you don't want to face and what you don't like about your life and do something about it. Mm. Not easy to face some things that you don't mm-hmm. like. That's why you kind of suppressing it. I can imagine that there's a lot of putting off, mm. a lot of putting off. There's a but lot of putting off, and it's scary. It's fearful. Mm. People are afraid because once you say, uh, for example, you could say, once you say, I do not actually like the way my relationship is going. I mm. don't like it. Once you've said it, you've got to take responsibility. Mm. You've got to do something. Yeah, it's out there. You've said and it. taking responsibility for your life is something that is very, very difficult. And people don't want to do that. You know, if you are, find yourself in a crisis situation, you will go and talk to your friends. You go talk to your mother. You talk to your father. You talk to everybody. You pray to God to give you a solution. But you yourself don't want to take responsibility. So it's almost like it's a default situation for human beings. We don't want to take responsibility. So facing your fears and facing yourself, yes, it is. It, you do have to take responsibility for yourself. You have to make the changes yourself. So that is definitely an aspect of consciousness that it's, it's, well the, you've just said it it's consciousness because mm. we live in a busy world and it's a very noisy world and it's a very distracted noise mm. uh, world and so the first step would be to stop and listen stop and you know listen, you you yeah. just spoke about you push these feelings suppress and repress mm. you so you've actually got to get to the stage because i think we can get used to feeling a certain way you know we so then we distract ourselves mm. or we take something we get used to it mm. so it's the realization that it's actually not okay to feel this way it's not it's okay. not okay and i can do something about it i can do something i can yeah. live a better a better life mm. i mm. can be more more at peace and content within myself if I take if I take that step if I take that step towards taking responsibility for myself sometimes taking that step sounds as we said a little bit scary is it a long road some people don't want the long road they want they want the quick solution you know that's why sometimes the medication helps because it, it feels better a lot quicker yeah of course there is a quick fix and I think the weekend workshop uh, phenomenon uh, speaks to this desire that people want a quick fix, but no, there is no quick fix. No quick fix. There is no quick fix, not from my perspective. I've been doing Jung now for 18 years, and uh, it is an unfolding, um, explorative journey, journey of self, getting to know myself, I'm, uh, and it is definitely, definitely worth it. 
And um, yeah, I would invite everyone to come to the website, and we've got lots of free content on the on the site. Oh, wonderful! And they can go there, and they can read some blogs. We do run courses as well, so um, please come and have a look and see if there's something perhaps there that speaks to you, and um, can help you go on this journey towards. Um, self. That's fantastic, Anya. And as you said, it's a journey. Mm. It's, it's a, a journey. journey. It's the life journey. That's, yes. it's, it's one big university of life from beginning to end. From beginning to end. And I just mm. want to add one more thing before I go because some, <laughs> everyone's looking at me. Stop talking. No one's looking at you. Stop talking. <laughs> but gee whiz, that was just your projection. Yes, Anya. it was just my yeah. projection. I'm looking at the time going, I know that I'm going over time. Um, yes, I just want to say one more thing about that. I want to say that the Jungian, the Jungian process teaches you tools with which to explore yourself. It's, right. It's it's really as a, 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 um, sorry a system that provides you with tools. Yes. With which to go on this journey. It's okay. a lifelong journey, and you need the tools. So when I talk about things like projection, shadow, um, uh, complexes, uh, anima, animus, transference, countertransference, these are all big words. But actually, from our perspective at the center, we teach them as practical applications. Okay, that's important. So, um, uh, you know, you can read Jung, you can read 18 volumes, you can read all the analyst books. There's wonderful theory on Jungian psychology. But until the preni drops, it's meaningless. Mm-hmm. So at the center, we teach you how to apply these concepts to your own life. Oh, wonderful. And I think that is really, and it's profoundly transformative um, systems and profoundly meaningful uh, way of working with yourself and your life. And the Jung can really open up uh, a whole new level of meaning and depth to you. Um, so I oh. really do suggest that everybody goes and looks at it. So we, give us the website, please, Anya. I'm certainly intrigued. Okay. It's appliedjung.com. Mm-hmm. Jung spelled J-U-N-G. J-U-N-G. Yes. Carl Gustav Jung. Okay. Um, so it's appliedjung.com. We do uh, lectures in Joburg and Cape Town. Lovely. And we do courses as well. Fantastic. Anya, thank you so much. Lovely having you in the, in the studio. Anya van Kralingen. Yes. Got it. You <laughs> see, if at first you do not succeed, you try, try again. Well, and you got it all on your own. I didn't help you. Oh, so. thank you. And you didn't. You didn't. Anya, thank you. Lovely, lovely having you on the show. Um, the time is 28, 29 minutes past 12 o'clock. Of course, this is the DL Link show on 101.9 High FM. I said that this is going to be a very interesting show. We're going to be delving. Anya, you can sit around and listen if you want. Um, you know, if you want to make contributions, we'd love you to make contributions. Um, because we, you know, we're, we're, we're going to be talking about something that we've never spoken about on the DL link. We talk about treatments. We talk about what, where our mind goes, how we can heal ourselves. But how, what happens to the relationship that we have with our bodies? What happens to the relationships that we have that with other people's bodies that we love? What happens to the intimacy? What, what happens to that? And do we ever talk about it? And is there a way of dealing with it? So I'm really delighted to have Tracy Zeman Jacobs in this, in the studio. She's a social worker and she's an intimacy and relationship coach. Um, totally me. Um, Tracy, welcome. Thanks so much for joining us. Thank you for having me on the 
show, Nikki. Thank you. So, Tracy, I mean, this is a very adult discussion, mm. or is this a discussion that we should just be so open about? What is intimacy and sexuality, if not just an extension of who we are? Mm. Well, Nikki, in 2018, um, my my wish, my dream. Um, is that we could have this conversation as openly and um, frivolously as we could. But Mm. unfortunately, we can't. Mm. And um, with all the social media and sexuality in our faces every single day, everywhere we turn, um, we actually can't still have these conversations with our children, with our spouses, with our parents. Because it's all still taboo. Mm. It's, it's interesting because with Anya in the studio and talking about a shadow self and talking about that talk of in the world today, how we're projecting, we want to be desirable, desirable, desirable for people to love us. And I'm sure so that the, the messages then, Tracy, are so confusing. Like, mm. who am I? What am I trying to project? Is that really who I am? How do we find out who, I, I, how do we connect with that sensuality and then projected in a way that's healthy mm. it's a big challenge and especially for the for the youngsters with all the mixed messages so i know that it it sounds very woohoo and mm-hmm. very pie in the sky but it all starts with connection with self mm-hmm. and um so we can start talking woohoo and abstract concepts or we can really talk we can talk about doing it right. um and every day Connecting to self with things like self-touch and um, actually doing it. Mm. So that's my real focus is on stop talking and let's do it. And let's do it. Yeah. We, we, we can, yeah, we can have these academic conversations forever. forever, but will it change? Will it move things? Will it shift things? Yeah. Yeah. So let's let's talk about the the, the topic very relevant to the DL link Mm. for people who have been diagnosed and are being diagnosed um, with cancer, with other terminal illnesses, um, and your life just in that instant changes. Mm. So many warriors return and talk about having a renewed sense of self, um, a new way of looking at the world, renewed relationships. How does it affect intimacy, do you think, Tracy? Here you have a body, and I think it could be quite normal to disconnect. You know, head, mm. body, a huge disconnect, because it's almost like this is the body's doing something to me that, that I don't like, and people talk about fighting cancer, and there again is the body. What happens with that, and how does it affect one's intimacy? Mm. Well, I think um, the, there's a disconnect. First on the initial diagnosis, there's a disconnect and a disbelief. Mm. And then there's a a betrayal, a sense of my body's betrayed me. Mm. How can this be happening? And then with with the actual process of fighting back, you know, you, you put your mind, your body, your heart, your soul into fighting back and then... You connect, you you imagine, you can go into all types of manifestations of fighting back this thing yeah. called cancer. And you yeah. can go into lots of deep forms of of um, manifestation work. Um, help me out with a word I'm thinking of. Um, Maybe Anya can help. Uh, no, no, that's no, easy. Uh, Manifestation, visualization. Visualization, oh, thank you go. very much. There we go. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> that's just the word. 
Wait. I know too well. <laughs> <laughs> Thank um, and you can do all those kinds of things and they're very successful. There's so you so mean many. visualizing your cancer, yes. the, the chemotherapy, fighting it, and the, the, the cancer cells shrinking, that kind yes, of visualization. and there's so many successful stories of so many alternative types of medication, sorry, not medication, alternative therapies that people use to fight cancer. And we hear success stories, and but on diagnosis, there's shock, there's disbelief, there's uh, numbness and so on. And then once, if it happens, the patient accepts that this has happened, and so the process of treatment begins. And it all depends on the patient themselves on how they accept this diagnosis. What does it bring up? Past trauma, present trauma, Who's dealing with the trauma? Mm. Could it bring up trauma with the partner from post-traumatic experiences? Um, and so on. There's a lot of psychological aspects sure. that go into the diagnosis of a trauma, a, a, a cancer, a, a life-threatening disease. Um, and then, of course, we're talking about couples, aren't we? We're talking about intimacy. Right. We're talking about what happens to this couple where we discover that there's, there's illness. So the couple actually go into a state of shock and obviously the intimacy gets hit. Mm. So the question that I think we can actually look at is in a, in a healthy relationship, intimacy is a challenge for most, let's not kid. Mm. And in my practice, that's what I see on a daily basis is this question is I want more and I'm not getting what I want, how can I get my needs met? And I'm battling with that in a, in a healthy, when there's health. When everything's okay. When, every, when health and, issues and are not issue. a challenge. Right. Now you've got health issues coming in, and you've got these issues. So the focus needs to really be on how we can look at the, the illness and the needs of the partner who is maybe not ill or the needs and definitely the needs of the partner who is ill. And that's where the intimacy and the gentleness, the tenderness, the relationship needs extra special care. Mm, mm, mm. So I think counseling, relationship counseling can go to a point, but intimacy counseling um, goes in relationship counseling goes to a different level where we look at how we bring touch in on another level. Sure. I love, I love the, the word gentle here because mm. I, I can only imagine that for someone who is going for chemotherapy, when it feels like your body's rejecting everything and you feel so ill, everything tastes awful and I'm sure certain touches are just so awful, but I can imagine a gentle touch, not a touch from a partner who wants sex exactly. or not a touch from a partner who needs something, mm. but a touch from a partner who's saying, I love you. I'm I'm here for you. You know, touch is wonderful. Mm. We need touch. We all we all love touch. So, how how do you do that, Trace? How does the partner go from the touch of I want sex to I'm here for you? I can still be intimate mm. with without that being there. Well, this is the focus now. Yeah. So, as I said, counselling is vital. Relationship therapy with a counsellor is important. Is 
absolutely vital, but it needs to go to one step below that, and it's not about the sex. It's not about the penetrative sex. It's not about the orgasm. It's now about taking the relationship to a much more intimate level where the vulnerability is so intensely high where everything else is so on edge you've got your financial stresses your um your children are stressed the relationship is stressed the body is under enormous stress everything so now we need to take the the couple to de-stress them firstly by slowing everything down through breathing Mm. and increasing oxytocin into the body by Mm. breathing firstly. Mm -hmm. And then the next thing is bringing more oxytocin Mm. into the body through touch. And it's a very slow, gentle process taking the couple at their pace, understanding what are the difficulties that are coming up on a daily basis from and, and where can we meet the needs of the, the patients of the world, well, the clients, and who is needing more touch? Who's me- needing less? How can we even maybe satisfy the well patient that is okay for the 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 unwell patient mm. that is not intrusive? If if penetration is out of the question, well, then there are other ways and means to make this couple feel safe and comfortable and without intrusive methods and this needs to be done with a lot of sensitivity mm. and I think it needs to be yeah. sp- spoken about I think yeah. just what we're doing is having the discussion about it because I, 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 I mean and this is probably a projection but I can only imagine when you're feeling awful and you doing everything you possibly can to become healthy the last thing that is on your mind is is intimacy yeah but maybe that's what you need more than anything and I'm not talking about sex I'm talking about intimacy with your partner mm. just that intimacy let's take a break wow listen we'd love to hear from you I know that you may be a little shy um, if about contributing to the conversation but from your experience if you are a warrior you know what has it been like for you has it had an impact on your relationship how did you deal with it because you see as soon as you share with us others grow others learn there's a, an incredible connection that takes place but you don't have to um, you can sms us on 34519 or if you'd like to ask tracy any questions 0101403020 we're going to take a break we'll be right back this is life links with a dl link Welcome back, 19 minutes to 1 o'clock. Uh, in the studio is Anya van Kralingen, Director of the Center of Applied Jungian Studies. We've been finding about um, Jung and this wonderful becoming conscious. Um, and we have Tracy Zeman-Jacobs, who is an intimacy and relationship coach called Totally Me. Um, and Tracy, just before the break, we were just talking about this this being ill, this the the intimacy. What happens with the intimacy? What happens with the sexuality? You can have a partner who's not ill but still has sexual needs. You're ill. You you the last thing you want you want to sleep. You know you want to go to bed and you want to sleep. You don't you don't want any kind of intrusion whatsoever. And then you go for treatment and you get better. 
and now you go back home and how do you possibly pick up the pieces and start to see one another as sexually attractive, not the person who had to have an operation or the person who lost hair or the person who no longer has breasts, etc. How how do we build those bridges? Where, where does that intimacy come from then? Mm. We hope, we pray that the couple were strong before were um, a healthy couple before and managed to keep quite strong during the process so that we're looking at a couple who have survived the relationship and the cancer hmm. and <laughs> wow that's the relationship and the cancer yeah yeah and so we're hoping that she has come back with from a double mastectomy and he's still there or let's say she has stuck around through his um, his whatever it is cancer that he's been through and that she's stuck through all of it yeah um, sorry a thought went through my mind which I can't share <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad the filter's working Trace the filter is working sure. thank goodness <laughs> Okay, the therapy's working. Intimacy therapy, you know, we've got to make sure the filters are working. <laughs> no, for sure. <laughs> um, and so, and so, um, right, so we're on to the, the marriage has survived, right. And then we, we move on and we need to now, right, that's where I come in. And the couple or the individual needs to now start taking responsibility for the relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, not start to, but it, it, it does, it comes into, it sets, there are always cycles in a relationship. Yeah. And relationships do go through ups and downs. Mm -hmm. Some less traumatic than others. Some at different stages. Mm -hmm. If, if the relationship doesn't get hit with infertility at the beginning, well, it might get hit with, uh, at the death of, uh, some, somebody close mm -hmm. at another stage or a immigration or um, a, a life disease or something like that. So marriages or relationships will always go through some kind of major stress and we hope that the, re the marriage will survive. So at each stage, the part partners will have to take responsibility for the marriage. So at this point, hopefully the couple will take responsibility and come and see me and let's work on how could we get in touch with the woman that once was, mm. the man that once mm. was. How can we reignite the passion that once was, the desire that once was. There's so much healing that needs to be done, however. It's enormous, enormous. Mm. But the work, we don't just throw up our hands and say, oh, well, this has happened to me. Let me just lie down and die and hope that the rest of the world continues without me. So everybody needs to take responsibility for themselves. Mm. But the, the healing can be done. And we are survivors. Yeah. That's why we get up every day. And we continue. And as survivors, we live life and we are vital. And this is part of our vitality. And, you know, and yeah, it's kind of like what you were saying, you know, the external world. We can talk about the, the getting sick. It was the chemotherapy, this treatment, that treatment. And almost the intimacy is kind of like what you were talking about going within. Trace, it's, it's, it's almost like the going within. Of course. And yeah. finding that place. 
Finding life your place will, mm. will make you go within and find your place. Mm. And you either do it and grow or you don't. Yeah, yeah and I think that from, from a Jungian perspective, from a psychological perspective, these traumas that you are talking about often come about to bring a, a balancing. Mm. We find ourselves in our lives often taking a very one-sided position and where we repress a lot of stuff. And these traumas come from the outside to bring about a balancing, a, a wholeness. And I, I'm sure that in your... If you tra- process it the if right you way, process right? it. But I'm sure that you find in your your practice that couples who come to you after a traumatic experience often have a much better relationship than they had before when there was no trauma, no intervention of chaos. Mm. Uh, So chaos and trauma often brings that healing which we need, not physically only, but mentally, spiritually. Mm. Mm. And uh, I think that a lot of people, a lot of people who suffer trauma afterwards, they actually have a better Mm. relationship with themselves and their world around them if they process it correctly, Mm. if they go and see a therapist. No doubt. And they process it correctly. The the trauma itself becomes meaningful. And but you've just said something. If they see a therapist, I yes. think that I think it's so important to have the yeah. intervention. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it has to be channeled in the in the correct way. Not necessarily a therapist. It could be a spiritual healer, or it could be uh, they could find a religious a leader, or whatever. Or whatever. Somebody to channel the healing. Well, to, to channel. The, the changes, you know, it's interesting as I was reading more and more about this, this topic, um, almost every article I read was we, no one wants to have a life changing experience to have to be out on the other side. Mm. And almost every article, and it's true with every life changing experience, you don't necessarily, but it's almost like one needs to have some, a bump. To go through uh, the trauma in order to know that the self, as you said, the rebalancing, the self needs to shift, to re- be almost be reminded by the past, the, uh, the the unconsciousness, the unconscious, the subconscious experiences need to come out. They need to show their ugly heads, and they need to be dealt with so that the the pain of the past can be healed and we can move on further and unfortunately cancer sufferers are are one of those and 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 the the, body and it's really you know it's very much connected to the body this is the body this is the healing this is the trauma of the body we're talking intimacy so to love that body again to feel sensual again yes you know it's the body yes and i might just say that the external the external family also go through no enormous fam- uh, changes. Yeah. Everyone yeah. is affected. Yeah. Let's take a break. We're going to come right back. This is Life Links with a DL Link. Hi there. I hope you're enjoying this conversation as much as I am. I'm Nikki Seberini. This is the DL Link show on 101.9 High FM. We're talking going into the self. We're talking about the conscious mind, being conscious. Anya van Kralichen is the director of the Center of Applied Jungian Studies. And Tracy Zeman Jacobs is an intimacy and relationship coach. Um, and Tracy, I wanted to say to you, because we were saying how important it is to you know, to go to someone because otherwise it can just feel like you and your partner and the separation. And sometimes if you just have a person who can guide you in the right direction, and we're going to talk about some exercises, that helps. 
What happens in a relationship when the one wants to go and the other does not want to go? And I think that's very common. So the one who wants to go goes. And, um, and what does that do to a relationship? It's okay because so what I've seen is that often the, the one who stays behind is very intrigued and often ends up joining at some point or is somehow affected anyway because the changes are quite subtle. And, um, okay. yeah. And whatever changes one makes to oneself, obviously, will have effects on everybody else. And it's okay. Because, so you're saying yeah. go for it. Go. 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 You want to go. It's all right. It's, 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 it's fine because whatever changes you make, to, as I said, I'm repeating, you make to yourself will have a ripple effect on the people around right. you. Okay. And there is this great intrigue from the partners. They want to know more and more. Oh, what did you discuss? And no, no, no. And, and often the client actually wants to keep it a little bit private and doesn't want to let the, uh, the, the partner, partner know. <laughs> and then it creates even more intrigue. Uh, um, there's a lot of talk therapy, not a lot of practical unless we need to, but, um, it's, you know. What, what is mainly your therapy? Is it that couples come in and talk and talk about their issues and what they're upset about or disappointed or frustrated with or whatever it is? Or is there a lot of practical work? There's a lot of talk therapy, mm-hmm. getting to the real meat of what is going on. Um, but sensual massage is Essential for couples um, who want to get back into the swing of things and really find that heat, that desire, that passion that once was. I find that couples don't touch anymore. Mm. They don't even walk past each other and just put a hand on an arm or we'll reach out and maybe touch at a dinner table or hold hands in the mall maybe but when was the last time mm. your partner put their arms around you uh, in the bathroom, held you like that? And women are so petrified of the man reaching across in bed because she goes, oh, no. What's <laughs> <laughs> that headache, Ed? <laughs> oh, that is hysterical. So... They're so petrified of any affection from oh, their awful. men. That is awful. Because they think they're going to have to perform. Mm. So it's like almost affection, any kind of touch is just so not okay. And then the man just hates that recoil. So he yeah. doesn't even put his hand out. Doesn't even try. It. Doesn't even attempt. It doesn't even attempt. And you've just got this barrier between them. Two yeah. people who love one another and just can't reach out. Yeah. Mm. And then so the, the children get a lot of affection. They get hugs and kisses and so on. But then the couple don't really reach out to each, each other. So what I, what I teach is a very essential massage. We start very slow. Um, well, actually we start off with Things like eye gazing and hand dancing, just to get the couple, just to really connect, just to mm. look at each other and just to touch, mm. just to, to know see what one that, another, just to look at each mm. other and just to touch each other's hands, just to know what that actually is, the sensation of touch. And then we start very slow with massage and mm. with no happy ending on the cards at all because it's not really, and it's not like you do to me and I do to you. 
it's not like that at all. Mm, it's just reconnecting, yeah, building the intimacy. Yeah, it's really about finding out where you are at what level and starting from there. For couples who haven't been intimate for a long time, um, so the physical barriers there, the emotional, they're not even communicating well, do you know when they're just not going to be able to find their way back to one another? Or do you think that once they've had that, they can find it again? There is a sense of when this couple are really just just wanting to be somewhere else and really switched off. They switched off. They just they just don't want to be there. Mm. They just—it's not even sweet. They switched off from each other. They yeah. just, yeah. Or when there's really, uh, then there really is. If there was before, and if I can see that there can be something, then yes, for sure. Mm-hmm. You mentioned yoga, mm. um, that you use yoga as well. Well, I don't use yoga myself, but the the idea of Kundalini waking up. The Kundalini through breath work, Kundalini and the base chakra, which is really your life source, uh, well, your sexual, the second chakra, which is your your life source, your sexual source, the sex chakra, creativity, mm. life source, mm-hmm. um, breathing into there, getting the the flow of life through this from the base to the all the way through the spine. And to the head. Um, so it's a type of a yoga. It's a type. It's a yoga, but just a particular kind it's, of yoga. I'm not a yoga expert, but I do know about breathing and um, awakening the kundalini. And through that, releasing um, oxytocin, breath work, um, waking up the kundalini, breathing. Um, I can teach my clients that. It's very... It's beautiful. It's just uh, oxytocin is beautiful. It's touch is beautiful. It's um, oxytocin is the feel good drug, and mm. everybody needs to feel good. Mm. Everybody needs to breathe and to touch each other, just to feel good. And yeah, go around and touch everyone. It's great. Listen, I love it. I, I, I love it, Trace. I love it because they because they're practical. <laughs> and we are touching each disclaimer, other. Disclaimer. Disclaimer. <laughs> I love that there's a way back to the body, to love the body, to love the partner, the massage, the intimacy, the yoga. I love that the connection can happen. Mm. So it's time to say goodbye because I could carry on talking, but Craig is saying get out of here. (laughs) So Tracy, Zeman, Jacobs, thank you. Totally me. People can contact you if they're looking for an intimacy coach. And um, Anya van Kralinger, thank you so much. It's been fascinating. Thank you for tuning in. I look forward to being with you same time next week. For me, Nikki Sebrini. Thank you, ladies. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Thank you.